It is cold and rainy today. Oh, it's this cold that is not really winter. It's not really springtime either. It's just nasty. And I'm on my way to the local shopping mall. Or I should say it's more an area where you have several stores and supermarkets to get some uh, pumpkin pumpkin pieces, actually. I'm lazy. I don't want to carve out an entire pumpkin. But they have these pre-cut pumpkin pieces in one of those German supermarkets. Because I'm going to make some pumpkin soup today. Which has quickly turned into one of my favorite soup recipes. It's delicious. And it's perfect soup weather. I'm glad I have this bright green Ikea umbrella to keep me from getting wet. And I'm also really happy that the rain only starts now and that I didn't get any rain this morning because I had to film outside at a, a building lot for a new church. This is right now the only new church that's being built in the Netherlands. And I've been following the parish and uh, the the priest of that parish for more than a year now. And I'm going to tell the story from the design phase up until the opening and the consecration of the church, which will hopefully happen in September. And so the church is currently uh, already very, uh, very much in place. Um, there's still scaffolding around it and there are no windows and everything is wet and muddy but this morning they had invited a couple of people from the diocese to go inspect the church for them it was the first time that they saw the result and uh, and I was there to film it and fortunately it was not raining <laughs> because of course it's not the prettiest picture if everything is muddy and gray but uh, I was lucky. It's been a busy week in general. And I've been working so hard that I actually have a bit of uh, carpal tunnel syndrome right now in my right hand and arm. So it's hurting a little bit. I'm holding the umbrella. But uh, I can feel that there's a bit of a cramp in my, in my right arm. And it's probably because I've been just doing too much computer work not taking enough breaks. So hopefully I can take it easy uh, at least next week. I'll still have to do a little bit of editing, but uh, there, is still, there is still time. And then after, when I came back after filming, um, I had to uh, accommodate a photographer and she came to take pictures of me while I was cooking. This is going to be a photo series that will accompany uh, a newspaper article, an interview that I gave last year, I think, months ago. I'd totally forgotten about it. It was about food and, I don't know, probably also about fasting. And I'm not exactly sure what I, <laughs> what I told the, the journalist. But uh, they've decided to publish it now, maybe because of Lent. Uh, because of because I mentioned fasting, but they didn't have any photos, so there was a photographer 
who came over and I don't have a very big kitchen and it's not very uh, picturesque but um, it was still fun to uh, come up with some stuff to do so, so that she could take photos I prepared my favorite uh, Brussels sprouts recipe it's actually the only recipe that makes it possible for me to eat Brussels sprouts because it's one of those you know types of food that I've always loathed and dis- and despised as a child but uh, a while ago wow look at that land here I'm um, so I'm walking on this a small path that leads to the um, the let's say the extension of the city but everything is drenched here so this is a Actually, it's I think it's private owned, privately owned. And on my left and on my right are meadows where normally you would have the cows. And I think actually here on the right are horses. But uh, I think they're inside. And the small canals here on both sides of the path are overflowing with, with water. It's been raining a lot lately. So... The uh, recipe for Brussels sprouts is actually, you cut them in half, you braise them with a bit of butter until they're golden brown on the underside. Then you add stock, chicken stock or vegetable stock, um, and some uh, shallots cut in very fine uh, slices. And then you uh, cook the sprouts for about five minutes or so. They shouldn't become too uh, mushy. And then you add a a very generous amount of mustard and cream. And then you cook it for a few more minutes. And that gives a delicious vegetarian dish. And it was funny because the photographer told me that she also had never eaten sprouts in a way that she liked. And so I I had her, I offered her some of the the dish and... uh, she was immediately enthusiastic because she is actually a vegetarian and never thought that you could make Brussels sprouts taste so good. So that was nice. Oh, that wind is so cold. But, of course, I need to cook a little bit more tonight and that's why I'm going to make pumpkin soup because for the photos I had to actually had to slice some carrots. Um, just because of the color, I suppose. <laughs> and now I didn't know what to do with the carrots because they're these kind of like tough carrots. They're not really good for a salad or anything. But carrots actually are really good when you cook them together with the pumpkin and, uh, and add some cream and stuff to make a good soup. So uh, an, in, in <laughs> It's going to be an interesting weekend because the bishops have just announced very stringent measures because of the coronavirus or COVID-19 virus. We actually have a couple of cases now in the Netherlands, so it's really spreading quickly. And uh, from the looks of it, this is unstoppable. This is going to be a pandemic. And so the bishops and also the Protestant um, church leaders in the Netherlands have commonly announced measures to prevent the spread of this virus and uh, I was quite surprised how far they I don't think I've ever had this in the Netherlands we with the f- swine flu uh, years ago I don't think we had measures like this I 
I remember from one time I visited New Zealand and they didn't do the handshaking for the sign of the peace. They would just bow to each other. But um, So the bishops now have announced that only the priest may distribute communion. No one else. Communion cannot be received on the tongue, which I think is a very wise decision because there's almost always, it's very hard to distribute communion on the tongue without touching the, the tongue or the lips of the person. Um, so only in the hand. Um, no use of holy water. No use of... Uh, oh, yeah, and no, so no handshakes. Uh, and that's kind of a shame because I always like to shake hands after Mass to greet my parishioners. But that's no longer allowed either. And uh, for the sign of peace... We just probably have to bow or smile to each other. Uh, something like that. Okay, here at the little L-I-D-L German supermarket. And I think here is where I can find the... Let me close my umbrella with one hand. It's kind of hard. Uh, so, uh, that's going to be... And then only the priests can take communion from the chalice. Uh, so that's new too. Normally I would always uh, hand over the chalice to my assistants as well. Uh, or at least the acolytes. So that's no longer allowed either. And hopefully that will at least minimize the risks. And of course it's not really a total guarantee that nothing will happen. Because even if you distribute communion in the hand... You will still, you know, you may still touch other people's hands, and but it's a much lower risk. I mean, I think in general the risks are still in this stage are very, very low because there are only two cases right now at the time that I'm recording this, although I'm pretty sure that when you're listening to this, there may be more. That's been the case almost everywhere in Europe. And, uh, and I think this is going to have massive consequences not just for the coming days, but for maybe the next couple of months. Um, one thing that I've immediately thought about is the marathon of Rotterdam uh, on the 5th of April, on my birthday. I was planning to run it. I wasn't very prepared, or at least not enough. <clears throat> but it was still something... Ooh, they've got carrots... And onions, I could make a soup of that too. This is just one euro for how much is this? Like a kilo. Oh yeah. I'm just going to add this to the soup as well. Um, and here are the... Wait, they've got endives as well. And kale. That's all on sale. That's all winter food. Um... Okay, the pumpkin is a little bit more expensive. That is uh, two euros for 400 grams. Oh yeah, that's definitely a little bit more expensive than carrots. But carrot soup is good too, right? Yeah, I'll just make a big, big pan of soup just in case I'll be in quarantine. <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> that's what everybody is now talking about. What if, well, what if an entire city is going to go on lockdown like we've seen in some other countries how are we going to survive I don't know we'll see when we get there but uh, you know I've, I've got a 
feeling that they will probably cancel the Rotterdam Marathon. It just depends on how quickly the disease is spreading. Uh, but it is just one of those events where contamination is so likely because there are uh, hundreds and hundreds, well, actually a couple of thousand of per- thousands of participants. When you start, you're like huddling together. There's hardly any way to not touch people. And everybody is, of course, at one point sweating. You've got tens of thousands of people along the the tracks uh, along the, the the race itinerary so yeah if the virus is in the wild then it would be i think very responsible to uh, to do that marathon but it could also be that they will do it regardless right now i've looked at the, on the website they say well um if you have symptoms uh as early as two weeks before the race, don't participate. Well, duh. <laughs> but that's all still, you know, that, those, those recommendations were issued, I think, even before we had our first case uh, in the country. So things may change very rapidly. And now that the churches have come with these measures, I mean, everybody takes it extremely seriously. And that is... Um, very wise. So I, I, I think even from a communications point of view, even if they would go ahead with the marathon, I'm pretty sure that they will get a lot of people that will uh, that will uh, not run it because because of the risks. So from a communications point of view or PR point of view, probably just wise to let it go. Although that must be a financial disaster because of course they've been planning this for uh, for almost a year now. The same is true, of course, of the uh, the um, the Olympic Games in, in in Japan, or was it Korea? I'm not sure. Anyway, I think it's Japan. That's probably also not gonna gonna go through. All right, I think I'll just keep it at this. I'm always looking around to see if there is anything else on sale that I can get. <laughs> but this this is dangerous for me to walk here because I'm. For this year for Lent, I'm doing uh, intermittent fasting. It's not something specifically for Lent, but I've had good results in the past. Actually, it really makes me super uh, awake. It's strange, but, but it's, you know, prevents the sugar spikes and, and dips. And so um, I'm very fit, even though I only eat between 6 and 10. Um, but it works for me, and I think it actually is, is maybe not even too you know strict enough, or at least I don't I don't really miss eating during the day. So you get used to it very very well, very quickly, very fast. But of course, around this time, it's now what is it six o'clock? I'm getting a little bit hungry, so walking around in the supermarket, surrounded by food and snacks is not the best idea. <laughs> Alright, but I've got my I've got my soup. So I've my hands are full anyway with the umbrella and the recorder and the and the soup ingredients, so there's not much I can do. Now I'm gonna take a look here for because they told me that all the dis- disinfectant soaps are sold out everywhere. So let me take a look here. Hand soap. Well they still have hand soap but that's just regular soap and then they've got what is this no that's not dis- disinfectant either maybe they don't have it here but 
from what I've heard, this is uh, this is turning into a problem. As a priest, uh, we actually are also asked to disinfect completely. Uh, well, not completely, but the hands for mass because we will distribute communion. So I hope that my sacristans have been able to uh, grab some bottles of disinfectant soap before before um, you know they run out of reserves. All right. I can find my my bank pass. Here it is. Hello. There it is. Yeah. Very well. No worries. All right. Let's go make some soup. Let me. Uh, See if I can redistribute my. <laughs> oh, is that rain? I hear rain on the roof. Or was that something else? Maybe it was something else. Sometimes I can't tell because of the. I'm wearing these headphones, and the recorder actually amplifies the sound. <laughs> so that sounded like it was a downpour, but no, I don't think that's actually the case. It may have been something else. All right. Oh, that wind. Oops, let me... Let me get the uh, umbrella. There we go. And I'm holding the umbrella in my... Uh, the same hand as my recorder. I should have taken a bag, actually. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> this reminds me of the time that I was standing on St. Peter's Square for the... Uh, announcement of the new pope and it was also pouring down and I was holding the audio recorder, I was podcasting and I was filming at the same time and cheering <laughs> and all that with an umbrella in my hand uh, speaking of which I just uh, finally saw the movie The Two Popes which uh, for some reason I just couldn't find time to watch and uh, I'll review that probably on my regular show um, which uh, which you can find over at Tridio.com T-R-I-D-E-O.com and soon that's what we're working on on FatherRoderick.com right now if you type that in it will go to my YouTube page but we're working on a website to uh, put everything together there because now with the uh, influx of new uh, new audiences from YouTube Tridio is kind of a a difficult brand for them to understand so Father Roderick is easy to communicate so everything is going to be Father Roderick very soon oh wow I almost bumped into a lantern post here because I've got the umbrella shielding me from the wind ay 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 caramba this was a bit of a difficult week spiritually and mentally a little bit for me. I don't know, for some reason I was a bit depressed and uh, had to do with several things. One is just this ongoing work pressure. Just way too much work and uh, uh, there's no end in sight. I know that normally in, in times like that I have to stay put, not you know worry too much about it. And what I tried was to actually... Um, have confidence in the fact that productivity is not just 
um, regulated by hours of work. Or, I mean, you can't increase productivity by just working more. In fact, it is sometimes even better to take time off and to not work because then you will have extra creative energy. That's exactly what happened. I was also a bit bummed because of the whole Paris situation. I mean, it's still... I, find, I have trouble adjusting to this life as an itinerant priest where, you know, we've got 15 different communities and churches and I miss my my role as a shepherd and knowing people and instead I have to be you know sometimes in churches where I haven't been for months and uh, there were they were already preparing the schedule for uh, the second half of the year and it just there's just no improvement um, for some reason in my parish they don't want to take any decisions they want to leave it to the parishioners when it comes to the, t the mass times, something that really bugs me is that sometimes these communities will put mass in like at 10 o'clock or at 10.30 so that I can only celebrate mass in one community that, that Sunday, which to me is so dumb and not... I mean, this is... In my diocese, the bishop has... Uh, has started the year of the Eucharist where he really wants parishes to rediscover the, the value and the importance of the Eucharist as the center of our, of our lives. Uh, and uh, it just bugs me that even though I, if they would start Mass at, I don't know, 9 or 9.30, first Mass and then the second one at 11, I could, I could celebrate Mass in two communities. And instead they allow these churches, these individual churches, to put Mass in the middle of the morning and and then they have communion services elsewhere with lay people. I mean, what kind of counter witness is that? And so I complain about that many times and basically this, I'm, I'm getting as a response or replies well that's just the way it is and you'll just have to conform you'll just have to do what the schedule tells you to do i hate that there are a few things that i don't that i have a very strong dislike for but i don't like it when i'm being coerced in a sort of a way to uh to uh um minister to people or to be you know that that because of, I think, the lack of decisiveness or perhaps the lack of courage, they just keep things as they are, even though we all know that this is totally impossible to continue in the next couple of years. But what I hate, really hate is that people tell me, well, this is just how you have to, you just have to obey. You just have to do this. Oh, I don't like that at all. And so I was very depressed by that because I feel that you know, I'm no longer in control of, of, of my vocation in a certain way, or the, at least the way in which I am a priest. And um, I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's one of those roads that, that can lead to burnout when you don't feel that you're in control of things that are really important to you personally. 
I mean, something else, and if it's just work that has to be done, well, of course, work can't always be fun, and sometimes you have to do your duty. But in this case, the solution is so obvious and so simple, and it is... I don't, I don't think it's good for a priest to be the, just, this, just this guy who runs around to consecrate hosts. Because that's sometimes kind of what it amounts to. And you don't even have time, because the area is so remote, to speak afterwards with your parishioners, to really be a shepherd. Because you have to immediately race to the next mass. Uh, if there is one, that is. And so, uh, I just wish that they would be a little bit more, I don't know, just try to solve this problem, because for priests... You need that contact with people. Uh, it's why I became a priest. To be uh, like Jesus. And I, I don't think there are any stories in the gospel where Jesus arrives and is like, Hey, let me just multiply these breads and then you'll go eat by yourself and I'll just go ahead and move to the next village. Jesus spent time with the people. He, he tried to be there with, with people. And for some reason I feel that uh, we've, we've lost that. Oh, it's so cold. My hands are freezing because of the wind. Uh, but anyway, so that was... I don't know. I was just down this week. And I sometimes feel that I can't really talk about these things. Or, well, I can talk about it. But it's always in this mode of complaining and not being happy about a certain situation. Instead of being able to just share that and, and in a constructive uh, atmosphere. I guess it's also because I'm not in a position of, uh, of, of, uh, well, I don't have authority, and I'm just an assistant, and so I have to, in a certain way, take it as it is, and I've always had a problem with authority, <laughs> that's not a secret, but it really, normally I can, I can, oh, sorry, yeah, though. Yeah, I saw it not I almost killed one of my parishioners with my umbrella <laughs> because I'm holding it to shield myself from the wind. Ay, ay, ay. And I didn't hear that person coming towards me. But, um, so normally I try to kind of avoid situations where, you know, people exert their authority over me against my will. But right now, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. And that bugs me. Anyway, that's probably just one of my handicaps. But I, I'm, in a certain way, I've, I've grown in the sense that I... Oh, I'm here, finally. Um, I allow myself to be grumpy about it. And I lo- allow myself to disagree instead of trying to please everyone. You know, for me, this is an important th- part of, of the way in which I want to be a priest and also the way I look at the church. And I have the right to have an opinion about that. And I have the right, I feel, to not like what they're offering me. And maybe I'll just take steps to go against the grain. I feel that I have the duty to be true to what I believe God is calling me to. And of course, there's always the final word. Oh, is is by the authorities and I have to obey that's part of you know what I also promised as a priest ah oh, it's so warm here but um, 
But I don't. I think it's you know. I don't want to give it away too quickly. So, uh, and then maybe it's also because it was just, just this combination of things that bugged me. Uh, also, the fact that, you know I feel like I work too much. I work. I, life is should be about more than work. And so for this time of Lent, I've, I've been thinking about. Um, uh, minimizing maybe my ambitions or what I the work that I do, and that's hard because a lot of the work that I I do is because of prior uh, commitments, and and oftentimes I I have a I have trouble uh, estimating what work will truly entail, and so I'm usually a little bit too uh, over enthusiastic when I sign up for stuff. Um, now I think, you know, I've, I'm already feeling a little bit better. I slept a bit more. Um, uh, so I think I can pull it off, those th- three extra episodes that I have to make. But on the whole, I still feel that um, I'm, I'm, again, far away from the ideal that I had to work only half time and to have more margin in my life to uh, recharge my batteries and and focus on things that are equally as important as as work. Gotta take these tea cups away. Uh, bring them to the kitchen. <laughs> I'm so glad with this house because it's nice and dry and warm, and I have a living room full of Harry Potter stuff, and I like that. Anyway, feels a bit like Hogwarts slash the, sh- the Shire. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, what I want to prevent is falling in the same, uh, or stepping in the same trap as I, as I did before in the past where I was sacrificing my own well-being for the work, uh, because I felt that, well, otherwise I'm not good enough. And that of course is rubbish. So, uh, but, but it's difficult to course correct when you're in the middle of prior commitments and that's still something that I'm struggling with um, but so the trick for me is to see if I can still you know uh, apply some minimalism to the work that I do just just and fortunately I've got a very good board uh, the Tridio board is, is helping me to say no to even to great ideas and to very creative endeavors but to just keep it simple and focus on what is you know, the core mission, and even if that becomes too much, to just allow myself to not do things or to kind of push them to the future and think, well, maybe someday I will do that. And uh, one of the, you know, canaries in the coal mine for me is the is how much am I able to read? Uh, you may remember that I committed myself, or committed myself, I, I wanted to read one book per week, and... Uh, because I know that that is one of the first things that goes out of the window if work gets too bad. And so th- this, these past two weeks, I barely managed to read one book per week. And, and they were small books. I wanted to read 100 pages per day. So I started um, to work with Habitica again. That's an app uh, that helps you to form habits. And I think that this time of Lent is a, is a perfect time to... Um, use that tool again to make sure that I do the essential things. And it contains really simple habits like, you know, taking time to pray in the morning, taking time to pray during the day, um, uh, cleaning. 
the house, cleaning the toilet, cleaning the bathroom. Those are actually things I have, I've put in that app to, to remind myself of the fact that my life needs to have enough margin to do these things. I don't have someone to clean after me. Um, and so in, in a way, I was very glad that I had the visit of this photographer here in the kitchen because I'm looking right now at a gorgeous kitchen. Everything is really nice and clean and well organized. Well, this morning, oh my goodness, this was a, this was a disaster site. This was, <laughs> it was an explosion, you know, of, of, uh, of stuff that I wanted to clean but hadn't done for weeks. Nothing unhygienic, by the way, but just messy and all sorts of stuff here on the tables that shouldn't even be in the kitchen. So uh, because I knew that this was going to be in a major national newspaper, I, you know, as soon as I got back from filming, I started cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> and so now it looks really nice. But it's, again, it's one of those signs that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing too much. And so reconquering my life balance for me is the biggest um, goal for this time of Lent. And then, of course, I'll do the uh, intermittent fasting. But that was something I wanted to do anyway. So that's and that's really not a big, you know, it sounds like a, like a difficult thing. But it's, for me, it's not. Um, so that's not much of a big deal. But, but to, trying to be kind to myself to give myself permission to either become angry when I don't like stuff, uh, to make other choices, even though you know people in charge tell me, well, yeah, this is what you have to do to stand up for myself. That is my biggest challenge. That is the hardest thing for me to give up, is this the, the, the desire to please. So that is going to be my biggest challenge for Lent. I'm eager to hear your Lenten resolutions, if you want to share them, of course, or we're encouraged by Jesus not to boast about them. Uh, but I think he means something else than, you know, just sharing good ideas or encouraging each other to take concrete steps. But, uh, but let me know. Uh, you know where to find me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, etc. I'm Father Roderick, almost everywhere, and soon, fatherroderick.com. Um, if you are one of my supporters on Patreon, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And of course, uh, I'll make sure that there is uh, the, the extra podcast for you. Even though if you listen to The Walk, you already have a lot of behind-the-scenes information. <laughs> but I always do my best to come up with uh, something special for, for my patrons. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful start of Lent. I hope you stay healthy, especially if you are in a country or in an area that is affected right now by the virus by the coronavirus or maybe other viruses of course it's just one of those flu type viruses that are threatening our health but i uh, hope you stay healthy and we'll we'll talk soon take care and god bless